We begin today's shiur, 11 lines from the bottom of the Omid. Uh, at the end of our previous shiur, we indicated that we were leaving off in the middle of a discussion uh, in order to appreciate today's shiur. Of course, it's necessary to be fully familiar with uh, our shiur of Daf Pei Aleph. But just to briefly uh, recap the last point we mentioned, we had seen on the Pei Aleph, Omed Aleph, a machlokis between Reish Lokish and Rabbi Yochan regarding the powers that an androgynous Kayin has regarding his enabling of his spouse to partake of Kohen-related food items. Rabbi Yochanan went so far as saying that a Kohen androgynous that marries a woman, he entitles her to eat not only truma, but even chazav ashok. Chazav ashok are portions that a Kohen receives from sacrifices that his family members are entitled to eat, partake of as well. If that is so, so uh, and, and chazav ashok are, as we say, portions of sacrificial uh, offerings that a Kohen receives, you're dealing with things that uh, are on a Torah level. Sacrifices are not rabbinic, they are Torah-ordained. So if that be the case, truma as well is something that, according to Rabbi Yochanan, can be, uh, uh, can be eaten by the spouse of a androgynous uh, kohen, even if the truma is truma doraisa. So in the course of our previous shir, previous shir, we saw Reish Lakish holding that truma that was spoken about in the Mishnah is truma bizman hazeh, which is only rabbinic, leaving us to conclude that Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Reish Lakish, holding that truma bizman hazeh is deoraisa. The Gemara asks regarding the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. The Sava Rabbi Yochanan, Truma Bizman Azeh Doraisa, does Rabbi Yochanan really hold that way? And when we take a look, of course, at the side, we see that this is a long question. The, under the no say, the topic heading, we've written Truma Bizman Azeh, Mahi Shitas Rabbi Yochanan. What is Rabbi Yochanan's opinion regarding Truma nowadays? So we're, we're, we're starting here a long question. How is it that we can present Rabbi Yochanan? In contrast to Reish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan holding the truma nowadays, in fact, is something that is uh, is tithed from a from uh, from a Torah level for that that the Torah requires truma tithing nowadays. We speak about nowadays. This is in contrast to the the previous era when there was a base hamikdash. Uh, and that is as far as in the words of the Gemara that when there was a base hamikdash, so the ties were practiced on a Torah level. Nowadays, when the there is a uh, the the Jewish people have been dispersed into the exile, the diaspora, so tithes in the land of Israel would only be rabbinic. But Rabbi Yochanan apparently holds otherwise. But is that really so? The Tanya, we have a Tanaic source in which features Shtei Kupos two boxes, achas shechulin vachas shel truma. One box contains common food and the other box contains tithed food. Truma tithed food. Ulifnehem, and in front of these two boxes you have two piles. Shtei soyin. A soy is a measure, but it means two, let's say, piles. Achas shechulin vachas shel truma. One pile has chulin in it and one pile has truma in it. Venoflu elu besoch elu. And the piles fell into the boxes. 
the problem is we don't know which pile fell into which box. Hare elu mutoren. These boxes can be given to a non-Kohen. The the Hulin box, let us say that, the, the, the Hulin box can be given to a non-Kohen. She'ani oimer, because I will say, truma l'soich truma nafla, the truma sa'ah, the pile of truma that was outside fell into the truma box, the Hulin besoch Hulin naflu. And the Hulin pile that was outside the box fell into the Hulin uh, box. The Omar Ish Lokish. Uh, um, um, you see that, by the way, that we've dashed the line Shani Omar because, because we decide. We, uh, we, we have the right to establish it, to say that that's what happened. Well, that seems fairly arbitrary that we, we decided that that's what happened. How, how can we do that? The Omar Ish Lokish, Behu Sheravu Hulin Al Hatruma. The uh, a, a approach taken by Reish Lokish is the, the reason we're able to do that is because in the worst case scenario what might have happened the Truma pile fell into the Hulin box even if that happened there is still a majority the amount that's in the Hulin box if given those circumstances that the majority that the, uh, there was a greater amount in the boxes than were in the piles. So in the worst case scenario, the truma was uh, neutralized by the majority of hulin. So when you look at that hulin box, the, both possibilities lead to heter. If the hulin pile outside the box fell into the hulin box, great. <coughs> and even if the truma pile fell into the uh, hulin box, but the hulin box contents were greater in amount than the pile of truma that would have fallen into it. So because I have because because I have both of uh, because those are the, are the only two possibilities that exist, I have a right to rely on she'ani omer and on my claim, my uh, 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 desired assumption that the hulin fell into the hulin. Vereb Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan says, even if the amount in the chulin wasn't greater in quantity than the truma, I'm still going to rely on what I, on She'ani Omer, that I can uh, ascribe to the situation that which I desire. So Bishlamola Reishlokish Kosovar, as far as Reishlokish's approach to this, it's logical, it makes sense. Kosovar, he holds, Bidarabona, when you're dealing with uh, something that's Durabonan, like Reishlokish said originally that Truma Bismanazedurabonan, Nami Ribui Hu Deboinon. You still need to have a majority of heter of that which is allowed before you can cancel a problem even if it's a rabbinic level prohibition. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, since when are we toile? Toile is, is, is the idea of uh, assuming a heter. Since when are we going to assume a heter, lakula, in an isur, de oraisa? In other words, 
for Rabbi Yochanan to make any sense, you'd have to assume that Truma is to Rabbonan. Because if you're going to assume, as we have been till now, the Rabbi Yochanan holds Truma Bizman Azez, the Raisa, how in the world uh, can this source make any sense? Since when is there a mechanism of Sha'ani Oimer in order to void an Esor the Oraisa? When, when you don't have a majority of heter against it. The Gemara answers, Ha money, this source with the boxes, Rabbonon he. This is in accordance with a Tanaic authority, namely the Rabbonon, that hold Truma Bismanaze is the Rabbonon. The Ano, the Amri, and I. Rabbi Yochanan, who have been uh, reflecting the idea that Truma Bismanazeh is Doraisa, the Amri, I say, Kereb Yoisi. And our Mishnah that spoke about the androgynous Kayin enabling his spouse to eat from uh, Kohen foods, and I explained on Pei Aleph, Amad Aleph, that Kohen food goes so far as Chazavashok, and certainly Truma de Oraisa, even nowadays, that's in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, so that don't attack me by, uh, by the way I explained the two boxes source that was a source according to a different Tanaic authority than the Tanaic authority I was representing when I made my comment on Daf Pei Aleph Ahmed Aleph concerning the Androgynous Kayin enabling his spouse to eat even from Chaza Vashok now, where do we see Rabbiosi saying this? The Sanya Beseder Olam. There's a, uh, a, uh, a work, a Tanaic work called Seder Olam. And in that Tanaic work it says, it quotes a Pasuk, Asher Yorshu Avoisecha Virishta. Yerusha Rishono Shmiel Yeshlehen, Ushlishis Ein Lohen. The Pasuk in this context has to do with the conquest of the land of Israel by the Jewish people. There was a, an original context which called Yerusha Rishon in the times of Joshua. Uh, after the travels in the desert, the initial entrance of the Jewish people in times of Yoshua, the Jewish people conquered the land and took it over. So, And that imparted to the land sanctity. And that sanctity uh, entails the different tithes that we are familiar with. And there was an exile that followed in the, at the time of the Babylonian destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, followed by a second uh, entrance of, Jewish, of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, which we know in the time of Ezra. That was the Yerusha Shnia, And that uh, reinstituted the sanctity to the land of Israel, which entails uh, and incorporates or necessitates the respective tithing. So that's the double expression in the Pesach, indicating there were two conquests or uh, occupations of the land by the, by the Jewish people, giving it sanctity. However, there is no need, means there is no need for a third conquest of land. Namely, the second conquest of the land at the time of Ezra, that instituted sanctity that lasts till this 
very day. That is, and, and that, and namely, and with the, the Roman destruction at the hands of Titus, uh, with, which resulted in the destruction of the second base of Midrash, that nevertheless did not cancel the sanctity of the land, leaving the conclusion that true according to this panel of Seder Olam is Doraisa. The Yomar of Yochanan Man Tano Seder Olam, and Rabbi Yochanan is noted as saying, who is the author behind this work known as Seder Olam? Rebbe Yoisi. Now, we made mention just a few minutes ago in Rabbi Yochanan's explanation of the source concerning the boxes that when you have an Isur Durabonon, you don't need a majority of heter in order to cancel it. The mere fact that the Esor is in a mixed state is enough to neutralize it. Let us assume that the Esor is not the majority either, but it's a 50-50 situation. The Gemara now is going to ask on that point. And you'll notice there's a long question where the Gemara asks, V'sofa Rabbi Yochanan B'darabonon lo bo'inon ribuya. Is is that really so? Now the the questioner questioner over here is uh, is assuming that Rabbi Yochanan in the case of the boxes with the the shtekupos that we had on Amar Aleph is <coughs> that Rabbi Yochanan is not relying on the. Sha'ani Omer aspect. But rather, even if the Truma fell into the Chulin, and the Chulin is not the Rove, is not the majority, there would still be Bittal because of the, the very essence of it being in a Tarovis. So now, if you're going to work with that assumption, it would indicate to you that Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, says that when you have an Isidur Abonan, you don't need to have a majority of Heter in order to neutralize that which is prohibited uh, rabbinically. So we ask, is that really so? We have the following Tanaic source. Now this source deals with the realm of mikvois. A mikvah, a ritual bath in which people immerse themselves in order to achieve purity, uh, requires a minimum amount of water in it, 40 saw. That's a measure uh, of 40 saw. It's 3 cubic amos of water. So the source says, V'hotnan mikveh sheyesh bo arboim saw mechuvanos. A mikveh has an exact um, minimum amount of water. 40 saw. Nosan saw v'notal saw kosher. Imagine a person takes a an additional saw of fruit juice. Fruit juice, squeeze some orange juice. May peros, if you have a pool of may peros, it's probably obvious to all that you cannot immerse yourself in a pool of 40 saw of may peros and expect to become purified. So what, did, what happened over here? He poured a saw, an additional saw of may peros into the pool of 40 saw of water. So now you have a pool of made of 41 saw of liquid. So, and then after that, he withdrew, v'notal saw, he then withdrew a saw. Kosher. The, the mikveh is kosher. The Omar of Yudah Bar Shilo, Omar of Asi, Omar of Yochanan, 
ad rubo. You can do this uh, until the point of majority. Now, my love, what do you mean until the point of majority? Dinish rubo. In other words, you could do this 19 times. What would that result in? I know that there is a rove, a majority of water that remains. So that each time you were pouring in a saw of fruit juice and withdrawing a saw of liquid from the mikveh. And again, repeating that again and again. If you do that 19 times, you know that there remains 21 saw of water. The uh, This particular mikveh, if you had that, you're dealing with a rabbinic problem. Now, what's the rabbinic problem over here? So for this, we'll take a look in Rashi. But b- before we get to that level of detail, just let us realize that you're dealing with, e- even if we are dealing with a rabbinic problem, but Rabbi Yochanan himself, you can see we've emphasized his name, he is concerned that you have a majority of kosher water. Uh, now, we look at Rashi, Nosan saw v'notal saw kosher. Gabi, shar mashkim umei peros v'temet shehichmitz. Regarding other types of liquids, fruit juices, and temet shehichmitz, koi, maseches mikvos. Temet happens to be grape leaves to which water was added and then fermented, became a wine-type uh, beverage. And this is in Maseches Mikvos Vashmino Diapagav the Chazav Notal. Even though he then withdrew, he put in a saw and then withdrew. Vikolameimar Ha Chaser Mikveh. You could claim that the mikveh is now lacking. Shahasaw Hazos Ein Mashlimaso Shein Rule Mikveh. The saw that you poured in isn't something that's fit to make a mikveh of that. Afilo Hachi Kosher. Nevertheless, we say the mikveh is kosher. The mechiyavu legabe botele. When you put these uh, fruit juices into your your full mikveh, the initial one saw is put into a mikveh of forty saw. So that when you put that initial saw in, it was botel. It was it was neutralized. Vavlu arboim v'chad kulanruyin. And when you put that initial first saw in, you created forty one saw. But through the power of bittol, we say. The whole 41 saw of liquid is kosher. The chishokal chad saw, and then when you withdrew the one saw afterwards, you were left with 40. But to do the opposite, to first withdraw a saw and then pour a saw of fruit juice in, that would not be acceptable. And that's because you'd be pouring, you would have poured the, the uh, saw of fruit juice into an incomplete mikvah. And you don't say that fruit juice is used to complete the mikveh to 40 saw. Now, the next Rashi, my love, the Nishtaya Rubo, Ad Yutes saw Yocholasos came. Up till 19 saw, you can do this. Avotfei, lo. But more than that, no. Deboino deneve rubo megisham. Because we want you to know that you have a majority of rain water. We didn't explain this earlier, but your the the uh, proper mikveh is a mikveh where uh, within a pool there accumulates rain water, not water that you drew with buckets and poured into the pool. That's called mayim sheuvim. But you want to have 
uh, your proper mikveh is a pool of rain water. Alma, what do we see from this whole description? Afalgav the psul shiva de rabbonon. Even though the the problem of drawn water, in this case, it's drawn liquids, is a rabbinic problem. Bayo ruba bekashrus. We want to we want to make sure that you have the majority is kosher, so that you're dealing, as we said before, with an issue of. Of, of drawn liquid. We're viewing, apparently, we're viewing the fruit juice as if it's drawn water because we're saying that the mikveh is still kosher. So that the fruit juice that was poured into the uh, original complete mikveh is essentially no worse than drawn water. But, uh, the, uh, but the, pr- uh, the problem of drawn water is, uh, is a rabbinic level problem. And you see once again, as we said already a couple of times, you see that even though you're dealing with a rabbinic level problem, we still want you to have the majority kosher. The Gemara says, no, loy, that is not the case. That when Rabbi Yochanan said, ad rubo, that you can do this uh, fruit juice water exchange only 19 times. That's not the, uh, that's not the explanation, rather, deloy nishkoil rubo. We don't want you to do this 21 times. But, if you did it 20 times, that would be okay also. Because when you're dealing with an Isur de Rabbonon, you don't have to have Rov. Like he said on Omid Aleph. The Iboyasema, another approach says, that even in Isur de Rabbonon, we do expect you to have the majority, in a mixture form, the majority of permissible substance. Shiny Hocha, but in the case of the two boxes with the uh, two piles in front of the boxes, this is a different situation. Why here is Rabbi Yochanan willing to compromise on his rove requirement? So he says here it's different. The Iko Lameimar Shani Omer because you have another factor here. You have the Shani Omer that I can say that the original Truma fell into the Truma box. You have that we'll say that additional option available. Not so in the case of the mikveh, because in the case of you know exactly what took place, you know you're in total control. So in a case like that, that you are, that you know you don't have that, you don't have that additional uh, option, then even Rabbi Yochan requires in a rabbinic situation that you need to have a majority of heter. Before going further in the sugya, let us glance at the side where we have our Nosei Mivneh heading. You'll notice a new geometric form comes into play, a trapezoid or volcano shape. We call this a, in this particular sukkah, it will appear in, in alternating directions. We call this a ma'akav, an attempt to keep track of the back and forth, give and take nature of the Gemara. With the narrow part facing upwards, we're going to say, Maksha al Reishlokish, we're going to be raising a question on Reishlokish. The Omar Liel on Pei Aleph Omar Aleph, way back there on Pei Aleph Omar Aleph, the Androgynous, Eino Machil Bechose Veshoik. That an Androgynous coin does not entitle his wife to partake of the Chose Veshoik portions of sacrifices that Kohen receives. Since he is an Androgynous, so that right is denied to his spouse. Alma, we see from here, Eino Zohar Ma'alya, that he is not 
considered a full-fledged man or male. If he were so, then uh, a man who marries a woman and the man's a coin, he entitles his wife to eat of the sacrificial portions that he receives. If you see that that is not happening, it must be that he's not viewed in the eyes of halacha as a regular male. The inverted shape are chuvos, latovas, reishlokish. These are responses that are for the benefit of reishlokish's opinion. Bahemshech simunze meshamesh kekushio al rebyochanon. The this uh, uh, marking, this inverted uh, trapezoid, will end up also will end up in the course of the Gemara being a question on Rabbi Yochanan. androgynous zocher ma'alya. That is of the opinion. Rabbi Yochanan of the opinion that androgynous. We saw Rabbi Yochanan pay aleph and aleph saying that androgynous Cohen marries a woman. She is now entitled to eat from chazavashok, indicating that he is a regular man. Lo simlev. Pay attention. The Sof Hamasumaton Rabbi Yochanan Mitaretz S. Emdoso. By the end of this discussion, you'll see a trapezoid with the narrow part facing up, which represents a confirmation of Rabbi Yochanan's position. So now we turn to the Gemara Tanan. Androgynous Noise. In the Mishnah, it was taught that an androgynous marries, able to marry a woman, indicating that he's a full-fledged male, bringing into question Reish Lakish, who said on Pei Aleph from an Aleph, that he does not enable his wife to eat from from Ashok, indicating that he is merely a Suffolk Ish. So the Gemara answers to benefit, to uh, help Reish Lakish, Tani Im Nasa, that the the mission is not speaking about that a, an androgynous marries as a first choice. It means if he married. Question: No say kotani, but the language of the mission indicates that he, as a first choice, can go and offer marriage to a woman, indicating that he is a man. So Reish Lakish responds: According to you, that you're claiming he's a full-fledged male, my Avol lo nisa. Well, how do you exp- explain that language? Uh, nisa means to be married uh, as a woman. The the language avol lo nisa indicates something of a non first choice nature of a rather of a bedieved uh, nature. As Rashi's explanation, he says five lines from bottom. My avoloni saw the mashma dieved. It's mashma that it's a dieved. Uh, the mission is speaking on a dieved level, on a non-first choice level. Elo my nisa dieved no seinami dieved. So Reish Lakish explains that just like the avoloni saw form of speech indicates something post facto. So too, the no say expression that appears does not indicate a first choice that he is initially allowed to marry, but if he married. The Gemara questions. Amri, lo. No say, lechadchilo mashma. No say does mean as a first choice, he, the androgynous, can go and initiate marriage with a woman, taking a woman as a wife. Avolo nisa. When the Mishnah uses that expression, it means 
Dieved Namilo that if he were offered marriage by a healthy man there would be uh, the healthy man offering marriage to the androgynous there wouldn't be any marriage consummation whatsoever not even post facto so that at this point then we still have a question on Reish Lakish the question being that no say lechatchila indicates uh, so we have a mission that's like it's meduyuk like Rabbi Yochanan. No say lechatchila means that he is a regular man and is able to marry a woman. The Gemara now asks on Rabbi Yochanan. Rashi, is, uh, Rashi points that out that at this point the Gemara switches to asking on Rabbi Yochanan so that we're going to keep our uh, volcano marking uh, uh, system here the inverted uh, marking we indicated before was to defend Reish Lakish and in, in effect by asking on Rabbi Yochanan so we're also uh, in some way strengthening Reish Lakish but here the, the focus is a question on Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Eliezer Omer Androgynous Chayovin Olav Skilo Kezachar Rabbi Lezer points out that the androgynous, if a man were to have relations with the androgynous, it's like Mishkav <clears throat> Zohar, it's homosexual relations, which is punishable by stoning. Michlal, the Tanakama, That would indicate that the Tanakama, the first opinion, the previous opinion in the Mishnah, is actually in doubt. And that would <clears throat> be a Kashan Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was holding that Androgus is a definite male. You see that the Tanakama doesn't seem to hold like that. So Rabbi Yochanan will answer, Bain Lamar, Bain Lamar whether you're the Tanakama, the first opinion in the Mishnah, or you're Rebel Lazar, it's obvious that the Androgus is a full-fledged male. So you'll ask them, what's the difference between the Tanakama and Rabbi Eliezer? Skilo Mishne Makomos. The point of difference would be where a male has intimacy with the androgynous. The androgynous, let us just remind you that he, he is someone that has the features, the uh, gender features not only of a man but of a woman as well. So he has, we'll say a, an orifice that is, that is unique to a woman in addition to his male characteristics. So the point of difference would be if a healthy, a regular man uh, uh, will say enters uh, the androgynous in two, the two orifices that would be possible. There's the, in a standard homosexual two regular men uh, situation, so then there's the, the obvious only orifice available. And then in the androgynous situation, in addition to that orifice, there's also the female orifice that exists. The more sovar chayovin olav skilo mishnei mekoymos. That the Tanakamas of the opinion that a man that enters the androgynous with uh, entering either one of the orifices will result in a skilo punishment. More sovar Rabbi Lezer holds kezachar. No, only if the relations that the man has with the androgynous is is the same where the same uh, that he would have had with another man, and not in the female orifice that he happens to possess. 
Now, as we continue in the Gemara, a triangle marking appears. You can see at the, uh, on the side of the Gemara, there are no say, mivne heading. Triangles will appear in two directions. They highlight machlokes rav ushmuel in lismoich al hamishne oy habraisa, legabi shitas rabyoisi, im andreginis sofek o vadai zohar. We're going to have two Tanaic sources. One is our Mishnah, in which Rabiosi's opinion was presented. And in our Mishnah, Rabiosi uh, uh, was of the opinion that the androgynous is a regular male. And we're going to have a Brisa, in which we see Rabiosi saying that it's a it's not clear to the Chachamim whether it's a male or a female. So, Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah represents certainty, you know, a definite male, versus Rabbi Yossi in the Brisa, where the androgynous is represents a case of doubt. And we should point out that Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah appeared together with Rabbi Shimon, where they said androgynous kain shenosabasomachilo betruma. The uh, androgynous Kohen, a man that marries Abbas Yisrael, he enables her to eat from Truma. So Rabbi Yossi, in the Mishnah, and we emphasize, you'll see later in the more why this is significant, Rabbi Yossi appeared together with Rabbi Shimon, taking the position that he is a definite male. Rabbi Yossi, in the Brisa that we'll shortly see, indicates that the androgynous is a doubt. What, how to classify him. Omar Rav, Lesa Limasnisen Mekami Brisa. The Mishnah is uh, pushed aside. Lesa means is, uh, is not, doesn't exist. It means it's to be uh, rejected in favor of the Brisa. The Sanya, Rabbi Oimer, Androgynous Brio Bifne Atzmohu. The Androgynous is viewed as an, is a separate type entity. The Chachomim have not decided whether he is a male or a female. What type of halachas apply to him? Those of a male or of a female? Uh, Rashi, on the second line from the top, According to Rabbi it's a matter of doubt. So, at this point, then, Rav is saying, we favor the Brisa over the Mishnah. That, in and of itself, is kind of odd, so the Gemara says, Adarabo, Leso Lebraiso, Mekami Misnisen. Let us uh, reject the Braiso in favor of the Mishnah. The Gemara answers, Midishavke, Rabiosi, Lebarzuge. Since in the Braiso we see Rabbi Yossi left his partner, his partner was Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon had been together with him in the Mishnah, and here you have Rabbi Yossi presented on his own, Shma Mino, this is proof, Hodar Bey that Rabbi Yossi had a change of mind. There's a, Rashi adds another dimension, an additional dimension of explanation. Uh, Rashi that you see on the third line from the top, where Rashi speaks about Rabbi Yossi leaving Rabbi Shimon ben Zugay, the Ayri Bahadei Bemasisen, Rabbi Shimon had been together with, had spoken together with Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah, Fa'ayri Bebrisa Luchudei, and Rabbi Yossi in the Brisa speaks on his own, Shmamino Hodar Bey. It's an indication that Rabbi Yossi had a change of opinion. Falav Tanoihi. We don't have in front of us two Tanaic sources that we would say represent a machlokes, a machlokes tanoim as to what they said. 
the Tamo that would, if it was a Tanoi, I would then say the Tamo Sami Tano de Brysum, Makami Tano de Masnisen. That let me erase uh, or reject the the Tana of the Brysa in favor of the Mishnah. The Tanoi, if it were a Machlokis Tanoim, Travayu Havu Toni Luhu Nami the Brysa. The two would have appeared together in the Brysa. Umapich Luda Rebbe Shimon Kida Abcho Luda Rebbe Yosian. Reb Shimon would have appeared also with this changed approach along like we presented Rabiosi with the changed approach. But since you don't have them together in the Brisa as they had been together in the Mishnah, this indicates that Rabiosi himself had a change of mind. And therefore the Brisa in Rav's opinion is uh, more reliable. It represents Rabiosi's later thinking. The Gemara continues, Shmuel Amar, Lesa Lebrisa, Makami Masnisen. We reject the Bryce in favor of the Mishnah. Adarabo, Lesa Lemasnisen, Makami Bryce. Since we're dealing right now with Shmuel, it would seem more likely that we would reject the Mishnah in favor of the Bryce, though Shamino Leila Shmuel, because we know Shmuel to hold the Chayish Lichida. He takes into consideration uh, singular opinions. And in the Brisa, we, f- we see Rabiosi appearing uh, on his own, by himself. So the Gemara answers, responds, and says, Hani, Mili, when do we say that Shmuel is Choshesh Liachida? Kilo, Misakra, Masnisen. That's when you don't have the undoing of something that you find in a Mishnah. Avoki Misakra, Masnisen, Lo Chayesh. But when, by taking into consideration the opinion of a a, a, a singular opinion, a shitas yochid, and that would result in the undoing of that which you see in the Mishnah, so that uh, that Shmuel doesn't Shmuel doesn't go so far as to say that we should be chayshish for yochid under those circumstances. Therefore, Shmuel rejects the brisa in favor of the Mishnah, and that. That could very that could be explained very simply on the grounds that a Mishnah is considered a more reliable source, a more authoritative source than a Brisa. And as far as suggesting that Shmuel takes into consideration uh, singular opinions, the, opinion, uh, the opinions of a Yochid, that isn't so over here. The next section of Gemara will be focusing on various situations, uh, sources where we see the halacha follows Rabiosi. We'll see Rav indicating cases where we will follow Rabiosi, and Shmuel giving us his opinions as to where cases will follow Rabiosi. And later on Amit Beis, the Gemara will then ask, what does Shmuel do with regard to Rav's such cases, and what does Rav do with Shmuel's cases? Uh, Mirza Shem, that will be dealt with in our next year.